Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Girl's Guide to the Galaxy. Me and Jen are very excited this week because we have our first guest. So introducing everybody to Jessica Seppel. Thank who you. Is, um, Hello. Welcome. Who is an international best-selling health author and health blogger and clinical nutritionist. So she is an expert in the field that we are going to be covering today. Jessica, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here today with you girls, drinking green smoothies. Yes, we do have, we're very, you know, health conscious today. (laughs) After the weekend, we we just needed some green smoothies, right? Exactly. So um, a lot of you guys were writing in, talking about what you wanted us to discuss in the next coming weeks on our podcast. And so many of you mentioned, you know, having body image issues, eating, um, bad eating habits, And we, you know, me and Jen ourselves had talked about this personally and the kind of things that we go through on a daily basis. And a friend of mine directed me towards your website and your Instagram. And yeah, I must say I really resonated with everything you were talking about. And I found it really interesting. And I thought, you know, we just have to get this girl on. And Thank you. I'm so so grateful because it is such a struggle for all of us women right now. I think literally 98 8% of the women that I'm meeting are struggling with negative body image. And it's probably my industry's fault. You know, the health industry, we're inundating all of you with so much health information. Yeah. So many fad diets being thrown our way. There's, well, as a result of that, there's all this fear and anxiety around food because Mm -hmm. we're telling you not to eat this, don't eat that. This, This is good for you. That's bad for you. We're so confused. We're so overwhelmed. And as a result, young girls especially have developed disordered relationships with food. You might not even realize it. There's the disordered relationship with food, but then there's also just negative body image. We have, we're, you know, we, we have more health information than ever, but yet we're more disconnected from our own unique bodies more than yeah. ever. And also so disconnected in the sense that it's not just about like nurturing your body and, and filling it with whatever it's actually craving. It's, it's all in your mind and we're inundated with all these things that we should be doing and it's like also I think people associate like a eating disorder that like is that anorexia or bulimia but there's also so much in between exactly it does you don't have to be diagnosed with anorexia to have a disordered relationship with food and as I said most women I'm meeting these days have some sort of disordered relationship with food or their bodies and you may not even realize it um but of course you know we're looking down we're looking at our meals and thinking is this going to be good for my waistline is this going to make me thin or fat Mm -hmm. we're not thinking how is this meal going to nourish me how's this going to energize me what are the nutrients here that I need for my body to, to survive and thrive um we just have this really, we're not thinking about food in the right way. And as I said, I'm willing to take some responsibility for that because I feel like it's my industry's fault for confusing people. Um, But I have a really deep passion for young girls, especially young teenage girls, because I myself um, was a big fad diet. I really struggled with low self-esteem. From what age? At 13. 13. So I immigrated from South Africa to Australia at the age of 13. And that in itself is a challenging time, but I was my body shape was starting to change from puberty. Mm-hmm. And really, as a, to cut a long story short, I discovered diets at that age, mm-hmm. really, really young. There was no social media at that time. It was just probably from magazines, from those trashy magazines, <laughs> showing us which celebrity was doing which diet, and I would follow that. 
And basically being on a diet made, gave me this false sense of control and confidence. And this went on for 10 years. So I became a chronic bad dieter, fearful of every food, mm-hmm. carbohydrates, fats, proteins. And as a result, had this really toxic relationship with my body. You know, I was completely weight obsessed. The numbers on this, the numbers started to determine everything in my life. Calorie counting, carbohydrate counting. The number, I always say that the number on the scale really determined my self-worth. If I got onto that scale happiness. and I was happy, okay, fine, good day. I was unhappy, bad day. So I was being, I, I was allowing the number on the scale to determine who I was and how my mood would be for the rest of the day. And this really went on for years and years. And, you know, I was, a, it's so scary to me because this is before I went out to study nutrition, but I was living off Diet Coke, cans of tuna. Yeah, yeah I was going to say really food. unhealthy. Because w- when you were seeing those numbers, were you feeling awful actually? Do you know what I mean? Actually like, terrible. Yeah. Like, because I was weight conscious, not health conscious. I was eating low calorie foods. I was eating foods that, I was choosing foods based on how they would affect my weight, not my health. And I always say there's such a big difference between being weight conscious and health conscious. And when I went off to study nutrition for five years, oh my gosh, I was having panic panic attacks in my lectures, realizing that I'd cut out all the important macronutrients. I'd cut out all the things that are gonna make my body feel good, exactly. Those nutrients that you need to actually feel good, have a good mood. and just feel like a good, like feel, you know, I always say eating well is the best way to boost your self-esteem. Well, would you say that the new, the sort of movement that's happening now in wellness and, you know, health that's completely taken over on social media as well, would you say that then that's a, a positive thing? Well, the problem is with that is that we're just following what our... So what's happening right now is a lot of us are following the trends. Mm -hmm. So we're following what our social media feeds are telling us to do. We're following what our friends are doing, what our sisters are doing. We have, as I was saying, we have disconnected from our biochemically unique bodies. So we're focusing on what everyone else is doing. We're copying that. Okay, I should be paleo because my friend's paleo and she looks good. I should be vegan because that's so trendy right now. And that skinny girl is vegan and must be. It must be doing good things. Mm-hmm. I should be vegan. So we're following everyone else, and it becomes a new obsession. It's an obsession. So we, what happens is we are never able to find balance right, with that. Ourselves. We go. We always go extreme. We always obsess, and we take it to the to an extreme level and so balance goes out of the window and but as I was saying we we but what works for me may not work for you right so I'm trying to encourage young girls to tune into their bodies and figure out which foods or which diets not diets or which how foods make you feel Mm. and if vegan is making you feel good great so my question is from my perspective I see online is all of these influencers bloggers are now becoming these, you know, so and so and so called like wellness experts or, you know, and and people are following them. But where do you feel like there should be some kind of something put into place so that not just everyone can be like, oh, this is I'm the a wellness for coach. you. I'm a wellness yeah. coach. Without the actual um, education. Right. Because yeah. I'm just seeing so many of them being like, you know, they're just some of them, not everyone, but a lot of people, they're just naturally skinny. And what works yeah. for them, they're like, cool, here's my 10 day diet plan. And then the girls follow it and they're not matching up and they're still not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so where, where do you come in? That's different. Yeah. And like, I love how you said, you know, it's what works for you. So how does right. that work? So that's exactly what JS Health, my brand, stands for. And I've just created an eight-week online program that is exactly that. It's teaching you how to tune into your body and figure out which foods work for you and trying to find balance with it. And it's not, as a nutritionist, I'm not the one who's just saying, you know, it's all about what you eat because it's not just about what you eat. It's about how are you feeling when you sit down to a meal? Are you feeling stressed, 
anxious, fearful, guilty, the amount of guilt going on around food. If you're, it doesn't matter how many green balls you're sitting in front of. If you're sitting, if you're sitting down to that green bowl, feeling anxious and guilty and stressed about it, you're not going to get what you need from that green bowl. So I'm so much more about tuning in, mindful eating, conscious eating, eating foods because they make you feel good. And that doesn't mean you need to be on any sort of diet. Actually, what JS Health stands for, JS Health, the brand, is actually going against being brave enough to go against every single fad diet right now because as I a clinical as, as a <laughs> clinical awesome. I can tell you as a clinical nutritionist I was sitting in my office young young girls at the age of 15 on the brink of death with disordered eating I had both their parents sitting next to them me doctors dietitians sitting with them trying to save their lives because they had developed a disordered relationship with food and it's a result of this inundation of health information where we've created so much fear and anxiety around food and we're thinking about food in the wrong way so I'm here to say you don't, you don't need that. There is another way. There is a right. better way. And the problem is, is that we, we have been taught, we, we've been led to believe that being on a diet is the only way to achieve balance with our bodies and with food. But in fact, the research shows that diets do the exact, exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Being on a diet complicates your relationship with food. I always said in my practice, restriction and deprivation around food always leads to some sort of complex relationship with food, overeating or binge eating. In my practice, when I used to see people with binge eating or overeating, the first thing that I had to do was get them off the fad diet mentality. I'm starting the diet on Monday or the all or nothing. Oh gosh, I've eaten (laughs) the struggle. I've eaten that brownie. I've eaten one brownie. Uh Uh-oh, I screwed it up. I'm going to now eat eat the whole thing. I'm going to eat 50. Yeah. But that is just because of, exactly, it's the restriction and deprivation from dieting that does that. So would you say that it starts in your mind and that's the most important? The first thing to do is to build a foundation of self-love because you care about yourself too much to be on another diet. Because I actually made had to make that commitment to myself. I remember actually coming to a point in my life where I was like, I would rather be heavier than go on one more diet. Right. And I am giving up dieting for life because it's complicating my relationship with food. And, and just affecting everything. So would you, if you could give one piece of advice right now, would you tell our viewers to... Give, give up, up dieting for life. Because I see, as a practitioner, I was seeing the dire consequences of people right. being on diet. Well, but yeah, I can totally personal. relate to that, that mentality of as soon as you put yourself and you're like, okay, as of this point, I'm going to be doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm not right. going to have that. And guess I'm what the trick to that is? Time. Relax with food. Giving yourself permission mm-hmm. to enjoy all foods, you actually want it less. Mm-hmm. So, but if you're telling yourself I'm going on a diet okay. tomorrow, you want it more. It. But if you, but then what you'll see what will happen, and this does take time. When you give yourself permission to enjoy all foods moderately and with mm-hmm. balance, what happens is that the obsession and the anxiety and the the focus, the unhealthy focus around food starts to relax. And then you relax with food and then you're able to have that piece of brownie. What I always used to say in my practice was people for some reason would like love to hear this and it really helped them. You can have more later or tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, but, I, but if you're a dieter, if you're a fan of dieter, it's the last time you're ever going to have that brownie. you're in the closet later shoving yourself yeah. with a whole box. So what I'm saying is it's the first step right. is to give up restriction and deprivation mm. around food. Because what happens, and it's, that sounds easier, easier said than done, but what happens when you do that, I, I will... It, I, I'm here to guide everyone to do right. that. What happens when you do that is the obsession starts to relax. Mm. And you start to base your food choices on how you feel mm-hmm. and say and if you do want to indulge restriction in, or... you, you start to learn how to indulge moderately and you know really part of this eight-week program which has helped lots of people achieve weight balance but that's not the focus it's also 
I actually prescribe indulgence. I actually think having you know, an indulgent sweet treat once or twice a week is a, should be a part of a healthy life. Right. Because as I've seen in my practice, the moment we restrict and deprive, everything becomes complicated. And we're not meant to have these complicated relationships with food. No. Food is here to nourish us, keep us alive and well and energize us. We need to be looking at our plates of food. How is this going to energize me? How is this going to keep me full and satiated? How is this going to give me the fuel I need to get through my day? But that's the emotional... Um, focus on food right now is really, really problematic. But I guess it's because, you know, dieting creates that emotional relationship mm-hmm. with food. And then as soon as it's emotional, it's not about what you actually crave, you know, and need for your body to to go through the day. It's mm-hmm. about something mental. And then you will start binging or... and the, the, Binge eating is an epidemic, like an absolute epidemic right now. And no one is talking about it. But... As again, why going, do you, what now more than ever? Yeah, like why more than ever? Because and it was, it was so interesting when I used to was when I was in practice. I haven't been practicing for the last year or two. I would see major, major binge eaters, and the first thing I would do was allow them to relax with food. Exactly what I was saying. They had to give up the restriction and deprivation and all or nothing mentality. And this took some time and process, which I talk about in my eight week program. But the first thing to do is that giving up dieting, you actually have to let go of the dieting for life. You actually have what to... What is that? Is letting go of the dieting saying, does that create an obsession in itself though? Like, no, how do you, like, I can have anything I want. Well, then I'm going te- to well, yeah. teach you how to choose food okay. that make you feel good. So you're eating to thrive. And and so you're, so you're, you're going to gonna order that, the salad with the protein and the good fats and whatever, right. the quinoa salad, because not because you're on a diet, because you That's have realized that that makes you feel good. So when going back to binge eating, because I know... Oh, sorry, binge eating. But sorry, I wanted to say that, is that binge eating can be an emotional and physical mm-hmm. response. So emotionally, you've restricted and deprived yourself, but sometimes physically, you're unsatisfied. So a lot of binge eating would happen 4, 5, 6 p.m. because what people are doing is they've been so good the whole morning, oh, yeah. afternoon. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat really breakfast. I'll pack at something. Maybe I'll have a green salad for lunch. You're unsatisfied. So yeah. as, as a nutritionist, I would look at these people's diet plan, meal plan, well, their diet diaries and say, well, you're having a green salad for lunch because yeah. you think you're doing the right thing. Right. But you aren't, you're confused as to why you're coming home and eating the whole fridge at 6 p.m. You're unsatisfied. I used to actually prescribe, well, um, there's this, this thing now, it's quite well known to my brand. It's called the J's Health 4 to 5 p.m. snack, oh. which would literally literally stop binge eating because people were going, were eating an unsatisfying lunch and they were coming home after a busy work day and they would be like, I should not eat until dinner time. Right. What happens? They come home 5, 6 p.m. They're physically and emotionally starving and exhausted. Or even like skip dinner or something. And I'm going to skip dinner. Home. And then this is when it all goes wrong, oh, right? Yeah. So I would prescribe this 4 to 5 p.m. snack. It had to be a protein-rich snack. I talk about exactly which options. I, I gave very specific options, nutritionally balanced. Binge eating would completely decrease. They would come into my office the next week. Since the Jay has held four to five PM snack, that's binge eating decreases. Because that's but it's, when it's like when you're skipping when meals you're and skipping. snacks. That's and you're wondering why you're wondering why you're coming home and eating the whole fridge because you're emotionally and physically starving. So you need to. So there's two things. You need to be actually eating in a way that's going to satisfy you. Eating the macronutrients that are satiating our fiber, our protein, our fats, our, our most satiating macronutrients. You need to be having them at every meal and you probably need to be having in-between snacks. I found that to be the best way to reduce overeating. Mm. So a lot of people are snack, should we snack, should we not snack? Well, I have found it to really help I'm a reduce, snacker. I love reduce overeating. And then also being careful with which snacks you're having because if you're having a sugar-filled snack, you're going to be likely to want to overeat 
after that meal time right. or before the meal time. And then emotionally getting a grip of the mindset and re relaxing with food, giving up the restriction and deprivation, um, lots of mindfulness, lots of rest, calming down your nervous system around meal time. Little things you can do is like saying some sort of gratitude blessing before your meals. That's what I was going to taking ask you. distraction I saw away you from phone. Posted something yeah. recently about that, and and I know it's a very like religious thing to pray before you eat, but. I'm very spiritual and, and we always talk about the mind-body connection and, and all of the limbic system and things like that. But I have just recently found that saying like gratitude and whether you're religious or not, but just thanking mm -hmm. this, it totally relaxes you. Calms your mind and, and your digestive system. And you in a system. place, yeah, so you can actually digest the food. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. So I loved when I read that Thank you said you. that because I think that's so important. So can you elaborate on how... Yeah how that helps and how people can do that. Because that's something you yeah. could start doing right now. Right now. And so, well, as I was saying, so when I was a young girl, as a, I had this really toxic relationship with food. I would sit down to every meal think, oh my God, oh my God, is this going to make me thin or fat? How is this food going to affect my waistline? That, that was my thought mentality. And I was so afraid of food. So, you know, after years of being in therapy, years of studying nutritional medicine, long, long time. I'm at the point now where I sit down to every single meal and I say a blessing or gratitude and it has to be one line. So for me, it's normally... Thank you so much for this plate of food that's going to nourish me and keep me feeling energized for the rest of the day. Or you can come up with any affirmation that resonates with you. Thank you for this plate of food that's going to feed my skin cells. Thank you for this plate of food that's going to heal my gut. Whatever it might be that resonates with you. And you will not believe how um, more connected you feel to your food, mm -hmm. how much your mind calms down. Because we know that when we're stressed, our digestive system shuts off. Mm -hmm. So this completely calms everything down and allows your digestive system to be ready to eat your delicious food. And also, um, I was going to say, very important to take all distraction away from mealtime. Social media, phones, technology, it's very, That's very tough. important. I think oh, that is tough. people, their iPads and their TV. And What's my biggest rule? I will never allow a phone okay. near my mealtimes because it allow that is why we're overeating. Because we're sitting down to our meals, scrolling on social media and wondering why we're overeating because we're unsatisfied. When you, you're, you're not giving your brain time to register that you've mm. had something to eat. You guys, we have the whole day to eat, to be on our phones, to be on social media. Mealtime, we need to remove all distraction and be present with our meals. You will not believe how much that helps to reduce overeating. Um, and as I was saying, that the blessing is something that I've actually really been practicing, practicing myself personally only recently. Okay. Um, and it's just, even while I'm traveling, like I'm so out of my health routine right now. And actually, sometimes my old demons, my anxiety around food can pop up because I'm not in my home You structure. have to work on it every day, right? I was going to actually <laughs> ask you about that because obviously... You know, if you're, if we have the luxury to eat in a way that's very, you know, very good food all the time and everything, but if you take yourself out of those scenarios yeah. and put yourself in some remote area where, you know, the food is not good, is, is not good, how do you respond to yeah. that kind of thing? Because I actually had, I'm, I like to think that my, question. I don't have the best relationship with food, but I definitely train myself to forgive yourself around it. And also to, you know, to like the healthy things that are going to nourish my body. And so I crave those things. Yeah. But it's definitely a, a, always been a complicated relationship since the age I was about you, is 18. That really? Yeah, when it kind of went from, I went from, I was very, very little when I was younger and hated that I was so small and like didn't go through puberty until yeah. really late. So I kind of figured I was like, if I eat loads, maybe I'll start like kickstart it and I'll, you know, start developing and, and grow and become a woman like all my friends are. And obviously it doesn't work that way. Yeah. But I then kind of 
got used to overeating a huge amount, like beyond what, what my body needed. And then when I suddenly started to put on weight, I was like, oh, this, this is scary. Feel, yeah, this is scary and this doesn't feel right. So then yo-yo to the other extreme and became super obsessive and lost so much weight. And then probably from then it's like, I managed to make it in a normalized way, but it's still not been a healthy relationship. And my friend actually noticed it when we went to Mexico last summer and we were eating crap. crap. It was like the worst <laughs> food ever. Yeah. And she said, and she took me aside and she was like, I've never noticed it before in London because we've always like been able to go to yeah. the, the nice places and eat like the food that you enjoy. But you, your anxiety and everything is just kind of flared up and I can see that you have this bad relationship with food and it's become very clear now that we're in this situation. Wow. I think you kind of need to Deal address it. it. And I was like, oh, maybe I do. So well, thank you so much for sharing your honesty around that because it just shows how much we are all struggling. We need to come together as women yeah. and support each other through this hard time because it is a hard time. And um, no, that, that's really interesting that you feel the same way and... What was that last thing you were saying about... And about going into, you know, a situation because it's, it's... Oh, what do we... Yeah, the remote. Yeah, if you're somewhere remote or like, you know, you're, you're you eating can't. something you're that you don't want to... Yeah, you're out of your routine, you're out of your comfort zone and because that is still a negative yeah. relationship. It shouldn't have that much power. Exactly. Well, it I was, suddenly did. Yeah, I, was, I always say that we need to be much kinder to ourselves around food. So mm. the goal is to eat and make the best choices available to us. But when we don't have those choices available to us, there needs to be a level of forgiveness and kindness. Because we're not going to always have access to healthy food. When people eat bad, then they're just like, oh, whatever, I'm just going to eat the rest of the time. Horrible. But I mean, like, going back to forgiving yourself. I'm going to have an industrial-sized I mean, I'm sure you guys know those people who are you know, health conscious, they're full of balance. They're kind of the ones who are effortlessly slim, I guess. They're the ones who don't overthink it. So they'll be in a situation where they're not able to eat the healthiest meal, but you'll see that they're not really, they haven't even thought about it again. They haven't even thought about it since. And it's interesting though, thank you for sharing that story in Mexico because traveling though definitely brings up anxiety around food. And I talk about it a lot because it, but that's, um, Why really, is that? Because I definitely... Because you're out of your, your... Because what happens is when you're in your structure in LA or London, you're more in control. See, food is this whole control, control thing. We use food as a way to control our environment. It's the best and easiest way to control things often. That's why eating disorders... Sometimes eating disorders just stem from the need to control something might be happening in their family environment, mm-hmm. something might be happening with their friendship circle. Something, it is a way to feel more in control. Maybe if I'm skinny, maybe if I'm on a diet, I'll be more accepted. Maybe I'll get the job. Maybe I'll be more successful. And I think that's a really good topic to go over because we have gotten a lot of um, self-worth about, you know, like, oh, I... I'm not the size I want to be. I feel like I can't go out and do things. So like, how can you, because it's not about the weight. As I mean, I'm a curvier girl and I'm not perfect with food, but I don't think your weight should determine your your self-worth. And how can you, as someone coming in who teaches, you know, the nutrition side, how can you also teach to love yourself? Because I think that's such a big thing. Well, they go hand in hand. Yeah, because, I mean, even if you lost weight, if you don't love yourself already, it doesn't matter how skinny you are. You'll never truly love yourself. So how do you make that connection? Well, I think it's like, it's kind of an interesting, you know, they do need to go hand in hand because what happens is when you make good choices, when you eat well, immediately your self-esteem arises. Yeah. Right. So you're like, yeah, I'm not going to be the nutrition. I'm not going to be, no, it doesn't need to be not going to be the nutritionist who says, you don't need to eat well, you just need to boost your self-esteem. Right. Because they do go they hand go in hand. hand. And I think the best thing, what you're saying is, is to build that connection to yourself again. Because often, 
the low self-esteem has stemmed from not from losing that connection to yourself. Mm. And where did that get lost? Why has that been lost? Is is the first question. I mean, I went to therapy and I think therapy is something that a lot of us don't need to be don't need to stigmatize because you don't need to deal with this all alone. No. Number one, because sometimes it stems from really deep, deep places. You know, there might be something in your past or your childhood that is um that you are you haven't yet dealt with but it's appearing in your adult life in some some forms or some right. way. So therapy is one way but also then starting to rebuild that connection to yourself and there are ways to do that. Some of the ways are mindfulness with yourself so actually disconnecting from the chaos in the world and practicing yoga whatever it might be yoga meditation nature walks deep belly breathing social media boundaries you need to find the things that that you that help you to come back within yeah. Yeah. connect with you because what's happening is we're living in this chaotic world where we we don't have time for ourselves Right. We don't have time for ourselves. But we, we have, have time to get on social media and look course, at other people. people. I always say when we have <laughs> a moment to like, rest. Right, where's the key? Yeah. When we have a moment to rest, we're lying on our bed scrolling on our Instagram feeds. Where's the connection? You don't. Then again, you, you're not giving yourself any time. The moment you do, because we don't have a lot of time to rest these days. It's a busy life. It's a busy world. Right. When you do have time to rest, you're on social media. That's not restful and that's not connecting to yourself. In fact, that's connecting to everyone else around you, right? So you're giving everyone else your time and attention, but not yourself. And that is the the first thing to do when you're saying, how do we rebuild this foundation of self-worth and self-love? You need to come back within and find your way to do that because yoga is not for everyone. Meditation is not for everyone. Deep belly breathing is not for everyone. Whatever it is that works for you and you can figure it out. I talk a lot about it in my books on my online program. There are lots of different examples of how you can reconnect to yourself. And then alongside doing that, reconnecting to food. So sitting down, so maybe your first step is removing distraction around your meals. Maybe you're going to say a blessing before your meal today. Maybe you're going to actually make a commitment to give up dieting. I actually have a commitment contract. Okay, in my giving in, up dieting today. I am. Well, I'll give you, yeah, like I have a Same. commitment contract in the eight-week program. I have to print it out and sign it. Oh, amazing. Because it's a promise to yourself to give up this need that, that, that you're not going to let diets determine your self-worth or your weight determine your self-worth anymore. You, there's a new way, there's a better way, there's a more balanced way to have a healthy relationship with food in your body. And, di- you know, I have just seen the consequence of dieting and fad dieting. Yeah. Yeah. It can end up ruling your life. Yeah. And so how did you have any tools in your box to deal with those negative thoughts and emotions when you're in Mexico? Um, or was it just an awareness? Like, it's just, it's actually been just like a, a, a journey. And I, I think because I, I've been able to manage my situation and my approach to food, it doesn't necessarily mean it's been healed. And I think in the last couple of months, and that's why I gravitated so much towards you, because I was like, it's still negative and it's still conducting my days in a way that it really shouldn't. And I'm giving it more power than I'd like to. And what we were saying about, you know, what you look like not shouldn't um be the driver yeah shouldn't be you know so connected with your self-esteem but obviously it is and how for me I can vary in three days depending on like what that diet's been like but it is to do with if you're nourishing yourself and actually just giving your body what it truly needs then you start feeling better but then as soon as you start emotionally eating and so you like binge on one thing like I don't and it's a spiral yeah and it's a spiral and it's like I don't physically look any different but I see that I do yeah and that's what's crazy and I honestly like like go from being quite a confident person to to like no confidence at all yeah and I don't can't like make 
eye contact with so people and it's, it's often really that is the moment so it's so brilliant that you're aware of that because actually that's a really good point being aware and conscious is the first step a lot of people don't recognize that they have an issue so being aware really is a brilliant first step and that's what I was going to say to you that's that when you're feeling that that's the moment that you're disconnected from your body when you're starting to think I don't have the confidence to even go out I don't feel like I look good enough to be out and about right now that is your moment to say right there, I've, I've stopped connecting. I need to go back within. Mm. Yoga, meditation, deep belly breathing, I need to walk on my own, saying no to social arrangements. I need to be, I need to be me time. Whatever it might be that you need to come back within. So that is your moment of saying, I've, I've, your body, you're disconnected from your body. And maybe even writing a, in your gratitude journal or writing down, I love to do this and I actually do this. When I'm feeling like that, I write down five things or three things that I, that I do appreciate about my body that I am grateful for because sometimes I'm not going to feel good about the way my stomach looks or my legs don't look toned enough, but then there are other things that I do feel good about because we're, but we're, you're focusing on the things that the you're negative. not getting. Yeah. Well, yeah. So just that and also, yeah. I just wanted to say though, like often when you do have a disordered relationship with food or just a complicated relationship with food, it often does stay with you for life. Well, that's the thing. I was like, yeah. I wanted so to, yeah, I wanted to, so there's an unrealistic expectation to think you're going to be free of this, right? Because often the, when you're, especially when you're a young girl, like I was and you saying you were, it's kind of ingrained in your brain. So yeah. this is the thing. You need to forgive yourself and not have this expectation that you're going to have this peaceful, euphoric relationship with your food and body. Yes, it does get better and time and age does help that often, but it's not. It's not always going to go 100%. So the thing is, is just to have the tools in your box to deal with those negative thoughts and emotions. So for example, for me, I've, I've had a complex relationship with food most of my life. Yes, it is I would say 80% better, but there's still that time, especially when I'm traveling, that my old demons pop up. And the but panic. now, and I'm so proud of myself because, and panic. Panic mm-hmm. is always associated with food and mealtime. If you had a, that's such a good word to bring up because there's so much panic around food right now. Right. That's also why overeating takes place because you're panicking, it's not going to, there's not going to be enough because you've restricted and deprived yourself. Yeah. You've re- that's why I always say, my patients used to fear that. I used to say, you can have some more later and tomorrow. We're lucky and fortunate enough. Mm-hmm. You can have some more later and tomorrow. And that would just calm every single thing down. Mm-hmm. So you, it's about having the tools in your box to deal with those negative thoughts and emotions. So I was saying, I'm so proud of myself. I have those demons pop up often when I'm traveling. And I'm, I, so I'm aware of them. I'm conscious of them. And then I, then I, do, then I just, mm-hmm. I can't, it's not about shutting them down either. Saying, don't have that thought. It's like, okay, I see you, girl. I get, I, I get you. I see where that pain comes from. It comes from an old place. Right. I'm here for you. It's okay. It's about being really kind. Not because the mean girl comes out. Yeah, and that, yeah. <laughs> and then and you bully you yourself. Like, but it's about actually cry with being. You are exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's actually being saying like, how am I? So what am I going to do that's going to bring me back to feeling good again? And often that is eating well. Yeah, eating well. And I do think like exercise. Yeah, not for just, your mind. Not, yeah, for your, mind, for your mind. Because it does reconnect you and doing something like yoga and just reconnecting. Oh, with and your doing something for yourself, whether it's staying in for the night and watching a movie and having a cup of tea. Like, there's so little, there are little ways right. to reconnect with yourself and make yourself feel good again. But in on your sort of healing journey, was um, pinpointing whatever the, you know, what stemmed it in the past, yes. was that very crucial? It was quite helpful because, well, I had a, it was interesting. I, ha, I was brought up in a really health-conscious family. Like, I had a grandmother who's meditating, practicing yoga. <laughs> day. My mother's the best healthy cook I knew. She really taught balance with food. Like, we would eat really well at home, but we were also allowed to kind of indulge when we went to birthday parties or we were never... Re- 
we were never taught restriction and deprivation, right. but there was a lot of commenting on food and weight, mm. whether it was from grandparents or other people, I'm not sure, can't really remember, but there was a lot of focus on food, food and weight, um, commenting on body size. And so, yes, in therapy, I would flesh that out. If you could right now talk to your uh, yeah, pa- my past little, self, my little girl, right now self. while she was dealing with that, what would you say to her? You're good enough. You're good enough. You're good enough. It doesn't need to all be perfect. Your weight does not define, you know, who you are and what you look like. I mean, who you are in the world. I mean, that it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to all be perfect. To be in order to be loved and appreciated, you don't need to be thin and skinny in order to be loved and appreciated um, and accepted. I think that as women, we're just striving for perfection, and that's not where we should be going. We should be striving to feel good in our skin, and it's true. We do want to wake up and feel good in our clothes. Let's not be. Let's yeah, not be. This. We've got to make it about feeling good and not what, the, what we look like, because, because then you get we, sort of body dysmorphia and you see something totally different. No, and like. And it's about, yeah, coming to a place where you are yourself comfortable. Um, and that sometimes that is feeling good in your clothes. Sometimes that it's not a good feeling to wake up and your pants are tight. You know, I'm not going to be the nutritionist who says, don't even worry about that. You right. want to feel comfortable in your skin, but you have to come to a place where you know that you deserve to feel comfortable in your skin. You are worthy enough of feeling good and comfortable in your skin. And there are ways to do that without being on a terrible diet and the first place to start is to heal a relationship with yourself and yes dealing with why where has that finding out why that love for yourself has dropped away like for me I was in quite a toxic relationship through my teens and I felt that that also kind of took away my 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 confidence so that was also a bit of a trigger for me immigration so also the change of your body shape from puberty I didn't feel like I had anyone there saying it's okay like, Sorry. this is a normal experience. It's a normal journey. Your, your body's going to change. It's getting ready to have a baby one day. What a beautiful... Like, I have so many young teenage girls who are going through this. They're get, getting about to get their period and they're freaking out about their body changing, but there's no one there comforting them saying, this is just a temporary thing. Your body is getting ready to have a baby. How beautiful is that? Let's nourish you with the right foods and nutrients, which I do as a practitioner, to help you go through that process with ease. And it's okay, and let's work on your body image while you go through that. The problem is so much of these young girls' body image and their confidence and security just falls away immediately because they're going through this change and there's no one there telling them it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I I think from when we first connected and knowing that you were going to come on this, I started thinking about where my sort of things originated from. And I think mine was from when my parents were getting a divorce. Oh, yeah, that's a big And then one. I kind of... The way to control. And I only acknowledged this recently, and it was it was a way of control, but also it was like a replacement of sort of... Uh, nourishment, love. nourishment. Lo- yeah, and like, feeling loved in a way. So it was like this association between eating and feeling, like, safe. 100%. It was the comfort of it. Yeah. Comfort food. Well, yeah. dieting brings you a sense of control and comfort and structure. Like maybe yeah. your structure had started to, um, that your normal routine and structure had started to change because of the divorce. And so dieting gives you a false sense of structure. Yeah. Being on this like strict diet plan it makes you feel much more in control, in control of, of your day yeah. and your life. Um, so then, but then you may 
think that your self, if your self-esteem starts going up because of that, then how it's hard to not see that as a positive thing. Do you know what I mean? In your, if your self-esteem grows. Well, if, if you start controlling and you're like, I'm going to do this and this, and yeah. then you follow that routine and then you feel like you have more yeah. control, then you feel more confident in yourself. So therefore you associate it with a good thing. Yeah. So, so the goal is to eat well, but the problem what we're seeing is that we're being obsessive. Yeah. We're not meant to be obsessive about it. And that's why I'm so much more like the nutritionist is saying, yes, eat well. But no, heal your relationship with food mm. first and foremost. Don't let it conduct. And, and it doesn't need to be the perfect meal every time. Mm. It's about we're eating well because we feel it makes us feel good, but we're sometimes not going to eat perfectly. Okay, I'm going to forgive that. But when I and I'm also going to indulge, but I know how to indulge moderately. I know how to have two, three pieces of chocolate, not the entire block, because I'm not about diets. I'm not starting my diet on Monday, so I can have two to three pieces of chocolate tonight because I can have them tomorrow night as well. Mm. Um, so it's about having this much kinder and more balanced approach to food, weight, and life. And once you have that you'll find that everything starts to relax. The perfectionist starts to decrease. The perfectionism around food and obsession around food starts to relax and calm down. Again, it kind of stems back to what we touched on last week, the inner critic and that yeah. person that's kind of trying telling to control. You, yeah, good enough. You. But it's just about being aware of that voice, saying, oh, okay, recognizing, okay, I see that voice where it's coming right. from. That's old pain. That's, this, this, that's fear. That's just fear in me. That's the fear I, I acknowledge and I respect and I'm, and I, I'm going to now nourish and love that fear away, but with kindness, you know, I, acknowledging it with a lot of, with an open heart and kindness is the key, not trying to shut it down with the mean girl. Because mm, You should funny. not be having that thought. Why are you having that thought? Don't have that thought. Fight and it's a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Being kind and just acknowledging that that is just fear and okay, I'm here for you. Actually telling yourself, I'm, I'm here, here for you. you. I'm here for you. And this is, and, and it will pass. This thought will pass. The thought does pass. And you know how you were saying some days you wake up and you just don't feel confident enough about yourself. Also in that moment, this will pass. Tomorrow I will feel good again. And I think if anyone is trying to sort of heal a negative relationship with food, it's important for it not to, to not think that it's all going to happen instantaneously. No, this no, is a journey. Okay. This is a long-term journey. Because you even mentioned you, I mean, you still have to use your tools. So it's, 100%. A, it's a lifelong thing. This is a lifelong journey, especially I say that in my eight-week program, like, this is not a quick fix. fix. This is the exact, this, we're going against the quick fixes because right. listen, up until now they haven't worked, right? If there was a diet that worked, we would all be on it. Yeah, yeah and that's where there are always like new ones coming out because people, are co they fail. So this is trying every diet out there. Same. What have you, I've done Jupiter, and And it is already implementing your brain with this idea of feast and famine. So you're well, suddenly depriving yourself. Well, and that's my thing. I feel as a woman, we need to come yeah. together and support each other towards a new, more balanced way. Because we know until now the diets have not worked. In fact, they've caused us to have this terrible complex relationship with food. They've caused, it's caused us to have low self-esteem. So together as women, let's come together and show there is another way and a new way to love yourself and to achieve balance with food and weight. And I think, yeah, what were you saying about? Oh, I was just saying, yeah, it is a vicious cycle. And, you know, it's, it's all about finding your balance for yourself and not what other, someone else's balance is. And also, you know, it's important to acknowledge it's not just about food as Cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone that starts to peak when we're dieting. It starts to peak when we're having a lot of stressful and negative thoughts around food, right? Cortisol shoots up. Cortisol is something that makes it very difficult. Cortisol makes weight very difficult to control, right? So if you're someone who's a dieter and you're stressed around food... Well, that's food, what happened to me is I went on the like HCG diet and I was yeah. giving myself shots and eating 500 Cortisol calories. must have gone right up. 
my cortisol is bottomed out now. Oh, now well, it goes yeah, high it for so long and, and it drops. And so there's hormonal there's right. hormonal reasons why you might not be achieving your best weight, right? So it's not so then not blaming yourself. Like it's a lot of people come and see me. They're doing all the right things. They're eating well. They're exercising, but they're still not achieving what they want to achieve. And sometimes it's not about the food. Sometimes it's lifestyle. Sometimes right. it's emotional, and sometimes it's about well, as in you could be hormones. eating all the right things, doing all the right things, but, but emotionally, if your mind, emotionally, and hormonally, hormonally, so you can release the stress hormones, and that keeps and the, there could be a, a way. Like I mean, thyroid disease is an epidemic right now. So I see people come and see me and they're eating the right things. They're doing the right thing. Everything's good, but they actually have a hormonal um, dysfunction with their thyroid gland or with cortisol, with their adrenal glands. So that's the thing I eat really well. You know, and then it's it's hormonal. Well, I can read your blood tests. Yes, read off. I'm obsessed with reading blood tests. What does that determine? What foods you should be eating? So, so if you have been diagnosed, there's so I mean, if you're diagnosed with a thyroid disease, there there's a really ama- there are amazing protocols to deal with that with food, with vitamins, and with lifestyle. Um, so you know, you, we do need to look at at health, not just okay. It's what it's what I put in. It's what I eat and what how much exercise I'm doing. Like it is more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. It is about your emotional relationship with food. It is about your hormonal system I mean, and what your body actually works with versus. And sometimes person. your body isn't working for whatever reason. There might be a body system that has shut down. Your gut might not be working. I mean, there's there's research now saying that our gut bacteria gut like, influences no. our weight. Well, my, my my friend Maddie that you know was recently yeah. here. I was saying to her, I was like drinking a huge amount of coffee, and it was like the first thing I put in my body, and probably a lot of like smoothies and stuff that's full of sugar. And I said to her, I was like, I'm feeling really bad, and she um like checked my tongue. She was like. And it was to do with my gut, basically, yeah. that wasn't allowing, and I had like no energy. You weren't all the absorbing time. your nutrients. Yeah, yes. it wasn't. So, and then I just adjusted a few things, and then my energy just like suddenly. Mm. Went I feel like our that. next podcast, we need to go into the nutrition and yeah. talk about which foods are going to be good for different body issues or symptoms. If you're low in energy, what should you be eating or doing lifestyle, nutrition wise? If you having, if you have a low thyroid. This is what you should be doing. If you have gut issues, this is what you should be doing because we can go into the nutrition behind things because today we've really spoken about the emotional relationship with food, but I think it's really fun to give people actual practical tips. Yeah, If you do have like you, and I'll give you some after this, (laughs) some gut tips, like what can you do just to help you to absorb your nutrients and then suddenly when you have energy oh, yeah. you're also it's able like, to make better food choices right, right? If you're, that, that, actually that's a really big thing a lot of people tiredness. are really drowning in low energy and then they're expecting themselves to make healthy choices when they're I'm tired right. like today I was saying the comfort food yeah when you're tired you definitely reach for the unhealthier version so the first thing to do is get your eight hours seven to eight hours of sleep people make more conscious better choices with food. We know that. That is 100%. Have a um, nap instead of a Kit Kat. <laughs> or just make sure you get that good night's sleep. And we have to, like, it's unfair as a practitioner for me to say, just get your eight hours of sleep. You need to have a whole nighttime ritual and routine to, in order to prepare your body and your mind for that eight hours of sleep. Um, but social media boundaries, caffeine is a big problem. Caffeine lasts in your bloodstream for up to eight hours. If you're someone who's having caffeine at 3 p.m., 4 p.m., and wondering why you're waking up in the middle of the night, it's just your coffee. So it's about making simple right. changes and swaps. Cut your coffee. Out. My rule is no more coffee after 10 a.m. One a day, maximum two. So just little small little nutrition changes and that helps hormonal hormonal systems because mm-hmm. ca- caffeine has a direct impact on cortisol and blood yeah. sugar balance. And so cutting back on ca- caffeine can help people just 
Yeah. nourish their hormonal system. Yeah. So I think we just don't actually have the right information. I think we've just been told too many different things. And so we don't know the actual, we're not actually talking enough about the science, science behind what's yeah. going on. It's all about what looks so pretty in the pictures. Trendy, mm-hmm. what's trending? Vegan is trending right now. Paleo is trending right now. Bulletproof is trending right now. What is... Right. What is actually happening in your body? How is your gut functioning? How is your thyroid functioning? How are your stress hormones? And then that's use food and lifestyle to nourish those body systems as well as on the side, healing your relationship with food. So how can someone listening right now learn more about what you do? And I know you have a book. Do you want to tell yes. us about that and how people can work with you and how yeah. they can find you? And well, if they're in America right now, the Probably the best thing is the eight-week program because that's online. Okay. My book is on Amazon, but it's also in the UK, South Africa, and Australia. But there's no hard copies in the US right now. It's just the eight-week program. So, well, the eight-week program is really just my um, philosophy combined into very interactive, practical, practical format. Like I'm holding your hand up on the forum. There's a live forum where anyone can ask me any questions. Basically, it's like having a new clinical nutritionist by your side through the eight that's weeks. Amazing. And each week, you get enough to really transform. So week one is about stress hormone. Week four is about gut health. Week seven is about weight balance. Week three is about hormones. So we're going through each body system, but we also, there's lots of cooking videos. There's lots of lifestyle adjustment and an eating plan and my, my specific meal plan. But maybe we can offer all your listeners an amazing discount. Awesome. We'll put that in the show yeah. notes below. And um, that's awesome. And I'll send I think you guys one. They'll love it. Well, I mean. Am I? Yeah. I'm my website's jessicaseppel.com to get. And then how, where do they find you on social media? Yeah. JS Health. JS Health. Health. All right. Well, oh, thank you so oh, much. I loved it. We have to, we could, there's so much we could chat about. I know. I'm like, hey, let's just keep going forever. <laughs> I'm like, we need to pick a brain. Yeah. So we will definitely so many things I'd love to share. have you back on because I, I think more people need to talk yeah. about this. And, and we can go into practical exercises like my husband even inspired me with one other day I should quickly share. He told me the other day he doesn't leave the mirror without paying himself a compliment. <gasps> we talked That's about so that last time. Oh my God. just burned me. We were like, okay, if we can give like one tip to our viewers, what is it? And I was like, everyone has to get out of bed in the morning. Look Jump in the out mirror. of bed. And, Jump out of and bed. And sometimes you have to fake it until you make yeah, it. Sometimes and look you don't in the feel mirror it. And say something kind to yourself. And I've, oh, I've I never love that. done it before. That's such a like, great I feel like that's what I need. Isn't that such a good way to end? This is a really good way to end that conversation because he does that. He's a man. He definitely hasn't struggled with food and body image like I have, but he refuses to leave a mirror without paying himself a compliment. I think as women, let's come together and start being kinder and just saying one little thing about yourself that you are appreciative of or grateful for. And that is enough to actually get out of bed and probably make healthy choices. Because when you start to focus on the things that you are doing or the things that you do love about yourself, it's amazing how you want to have a healthy breakfast. You want to have that healthy lunch because suddenly your self-esteem has shot up. And when you have a higher self-esteem... You want to make those healthy choices. Guys, thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Speak soon. Bye.